a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, the 1st of September. Wow. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you on that hot, hot day in Nebraska? Yeah, I know. I mean, we get through almost the whole summer without going triple digits. Last week, we had three days of it. Mm. This week, we're having three more. Today, tomorrow, Uh and Sunday. In fact, we've got heat advisories that kick into effect uh, tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock and last until Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Oh, fun. Yeah. I'll tell you, in, I've lived in South Florida almost my whole life, and we have never hit triple digits. Well, and I'll tell you, At making, least that I know of. making matters worse, last week, the air conditioning in the house died. Oh, fun. So now it's a cool, comfortable 90 degrees in the oh, broadcast think of it studio. As a sauna. It is like a sauna because not only is it just hotter than freak out there, it's humid as all get out. You, you know, know the, I, the humidity no, is worse. Yeah, it it just makes it miserable. It, um, yes. Let me let me just you know, and you don't have to have excessively high humidity for it to be uh, muggy and 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 just sticky and and awful out. Um, I don't know what it was earlier today. I'm looking to see what our humidity level is right now. Right now, the humidity here is about 35%. And I know it was higher uh, earlier in the day because uh, I saw the neighbor's dog going down the street with a scuba tank. Ah, okay. There was that much moisture in the air. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean... We're, get, we're getting pretty close to the end of it. At least I hope so. We always have a few hot days in the first couple of weeks of September. And then hopefully it will all calm down. We'll have a, a two and a half hours worth of autumn. And then we'll be right into winter. So <laughs> You've got some strange weather in you know, Nebraska, let me we, we, tell you. We always say around here, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. That's true. Hey, I'll take my, for the most part, paradise. Except when a hurricane comes through, 
other than that, Florida is indeed paradise. Well, just a, just a quick update from Tuesday night's show. The, uh, the Nebraska women's volleyball team set an NCAA record, a U.S. record, and a world record for having the most well-attended women's sporting event in world history. Well, I can say congratulations to them. That's a, a great feat, especially for a women's team. But I don't care. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm just saying because we talked about it, you know, right. Tuesday, and I wanted to update people. The attendance was ninety-two thousand and three people. That's 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 unbelievable. Great. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was an exciting night for Husker sports and Husker volleyball. Congratulations uh, to the girls. They won in three straight sets. And uh, it was it was a huge, huge, huge night. And then when, when the volleyball game was over, Scotty McCreary, the country music singer, uh, put on a concert. And it was kind of funny. He came out on the stage and he said, you know, he said, uh, about six months ago, I got a call, and they wanted to know if I wanted to perform at a volleyball game. And I said, well, yeah, I guess I can. I don't really usually perform at volleyball games. And they told me, well, you know, Scotty, you don't really understand. There's probably going to be at least 90,000 people at this volleyball game. He said, I walked out here and I looked out here. Everybody's wearing the same color and it blows my mind. Okay. Well, enough of that. We've got other stuff to talk about tonight. Um, Tucker Carlson made... um, Kind of an off-the-cuff but interesting admission about Donald Trump after having that interview with Trump that took place on the same night as the first GOP debate. Well, they're actually um, that night, and he also had another interesting thing uh, just the other night. I mean, um, Tucker Carlson, I don't believe is a fan of Trump. At least he wasn't while he was on Fox. But he did say just the other night with uh, Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy that both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are too old to be president. And I do agree with him on that. However, the other day I called Craig. I was very upset about something that was talked about on Tucker Carlson's show, which is on X, formerly known as Twitter. Tucker Carlson seems to think that some loon, some crazy, is going to assassinate Donald Trump. And that got me thinking, first of all, while I'd rather have Ron DeSantis Of course, I will vote for Trump if he gets the nomination. But has our country reached that point where we're so disgusted with Trump on their side that they will do anything to stop him, including kill him? Has our country sunk to the level of a third world banana republic? A dictatorship where you don't like someone, you take them out, like what uh, 
Putin did to the Wagner Group leader? Is this the kind of country we're becoming? And they're talking about it on the radio, on podcasts, this and that. I mean, look, whether you support Donald Trump for president or not, you have to understand this man has been under a witch hunt for years. And I stand by him and strong with him against this witch hunt, even though I'd rather have Ron DeSantis as president. But these people, I don't know if it's the Democrats, really, that Tucker's talking about, well, or I'll, the uh, never-Trumpers. I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, it, it came as quite a surprise to a lot of people, including you, Diane, that mm-hmm. he would say such a thing. Yeah. I have, I have had that thought in my head for years. Um, we have become such a divided country at this point. Trump is arguably, and I think demonstrably, the most polarizing political figure in our country today. Um, Absolutely. And, and I would not put it past some absolute blithering idiot to try and do that. And I'll tell you what, uh, folks, I'll tell you what I told Diane when, when she called me with this the other day. I said, you know, Diane, I said, I, I've been thinking about this for a couple of years. It would not surprise me if the person, <clears throat> if, if somebody tries it, it might be a never-Trumper. Yeah. Are there hatred for this man that great it's very shocking now people you do have to remember that back in in 2016 when trump was running there was an attempt made on his life when he was at a big rally um but the police were able to subdue the guy and take the gun away from him and trump never even knew what happened while he was up on the stage but when people have this kind of hatred for someone I'll, i'll tell you i'll tell you something though it's it. It may not be an actual hatred for Donald Trump. Now, are we are we saying this is going to happen? Certainly not. No, you've of got course to, not. We you've hope got, it doesn't. No, of course we hope it doesn't. But you have to consider the possibility. I'm sure Trump has considered the possibility, and I know his Secret Service protection detail. They've considered the possibility. When somebody sure. does something like that. Very seldomly is it done out of hatred for the person who becomes the target. It's done because the person who is committing the act thinks that they're going to get famous for doing it. You know, you they're can't. You've got to have fame, basically. Yeah, right, you got to have screws loose. I mean, think about it. John Hinckley didn't necessarily hate Ronald Reagan. True. He did it to become famous in the eyes of Jodie Foster. Right. I mean, real loons. Okay. Uh, Mark David Chapman did not hate John Lennon. In fact, earlier that day, he got an autograph from Lennon. He did it to become famous. There's a big difference between being famous and being infamous. Right. Right. But they don't make that distinction. No, they they don't make 
that, you know, um, justification one over the other. I just, I worry about that this country, if we have reached the point when you don't want somebody politically, that the idea of even assassinating them would come into anybody's mind, let alone big name news personalities talking about it. Because by their talking about it on the airwaves as a distinct possibility, they're putting that in the minds of some of these crazies. Well, and and that could very well be, but you know, you, you when you Tucker does a lot of what you and I do. He steps back and looks at the bigger pictures. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of what distinguishes him from talking heads. Okay. Um, when you do that, you have to look at a situation like this. And the big picture, you see all the different variables and possibilities. Um, and honestly, a lot of the possibilities are pretty dire and pretty dark. You look yeah, around in, in, in our country today, there is no shortage of lunatics and crazies. No, there isn't. And we're allowing them on the streets. The families don't give them the help they need. The ones that are really bad off should be in institutions. I know it's not politically correct, but I care more about our safety than being politically correct. Right. But then also, when you have someone like Tucker Carlson saying that Trump is too old, just like Biden is too old, you got a whole other layer here. Right. You could have a crazy that's going to take Trump out because he's too old. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's going through the head of people that would try and perpetrate such a heinous act. Right. Um, and, and usually, once you discover a motive, it is the most crackpot motive you can even imagine. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it just is. But and when, it could when, be, a de- it could be, like you said, it could be another Trumper. It could be a Democrat, right? It could be. I don't want to say well, it. I, I'm. I might be uh, gotten defamed. But there are certain people that have uh, long lists of people taken out. Well, well, look at look at what's pouring over our southern border too. That's I mean, true. we know that ISIS is bringing people over here. We know that the communist Chinese are bringing people over here. I mean, there's there's a whole, uh, you know, smorgasbord of nutcases uh, and, and people that, that wouldn't think twice about doing harm to somebody like President Trump uh, just to make a political statement. I mean, it, you know, when, when you're talking about sleeper cells... Uh, right. from, from ISIS and other terrorist organizations when you're talking about uh, the possibility of Chinese nationalist spies and, and uh, you know, their branch of, you know, the, the old KGB from Russia and, you know, that kind of thing. you you got to be aware that these are possibilities. You can't just say, oh, no, those things don't happen here. They do happen here. They do. And it's not just that. It could be something as simple as an illegal crossing the border who's carrying, who had to leave their family or their friends behind, but they'll come through later. And then you get someone in like Trump or DeSantis who have 
both said, we're closing down the border. You can have someone like even that. You're going to stop me from getting the rest of my family or whoever here and do something. You just don't know. And think about about all the money these cartels are making doing human trafficking. Okay? And if the border gets shut down and the cartels get booted, they're going to have a monetary interest. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there's a lot to think about. There's too much to think about. This country is so, so off track right now. And I just don't know what's going to happen. We're going to be in a losing situation, I think. Who's ever president next time? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, Tucker gave voice to it. It shocked a lot of people because a lot of people get get so complacent they don't think about those things. They think, well, you know, this is the U.S. and things like that don't happen in the U.S. Yeah, it does. But problem is, things do happen in the U.S. Um, you know, you can trace it all the way back if you want to uh, to John Wilkes Booth. You know, he did what he did uh, to Abraham Lincoln. He did not like Abraham Lincoln, but he thought that killing him would make him famous and a hero in the South. It did not. No, it didn't. You know, and Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. You know. Um, it's it's but it's a sad situation that we find ourselves in when commentators now have to go on air, and we're guilty of doing the same thing right now. And talking about the fact that someone from our country would actually even entertain the idea of taking out Trump or any political figure because they don't like their politics or they want their 15 minutes of fame or whatever. And then you have to realize that the gun control looms could be involved as well. I mean, there's you can't really narrow it down to any one specific, no. um, you know, demographic. I mean, no. nuts are nuts are nuts, and they, you know, mixed nuts all come in the same can, and, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things. I mean, you just got to be aware of it. I mean, well, honestly. I wonder let, if President Trump doesn't wear a bulletproof vest when he does some of the big rallies. I'm sure he does. I'm sure the Secret Service insists on it. I would insist on it, yeah, if I was him. You know, um, obviously we're hoping nothing like that ever occurs. I don't care which side of the aisle it's on. You know, I don't care, uh, you know, if it's uh, targeting a, a Democrat or a Republican, doesn't matter. Those types of things, we have no room right. for that in it this country. It goes across the board, right? Yeah. So, but no. got to be aware of it anyway. All right. So, as long as we're talking about Trump, let's talk about the upcoming trial in Georgia. It was announced yesterday that that trial will be televised. Oh, that will be a freak show like none other, a circus beyond belief. Most of it will be boring because you'll have, you know, um, what do they say when they don't agree with something? Um, um, Well, objections. Yeah, objection, that's it. We object, this object, that object, you know, it, it. 
it's going to be a lot of boring, legal mumbo-jumbo. But to put something like this on television, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Personally, I'm glad they're doing it. And and I'll tell you why. Now, I, when, I, when big trials get televised, I mean, like the O.J. Simpson trial uh, or the uh, impeachment trials we had a few years ago, I watch those things very carefully, and, and I pay very good attention to them. I'm not an attorney. I don't know all the legal ins and outs, but I know enough to know when things are, are going well for the defense or well for the prosecution, and I can pretty well figure out why. Now, the last big trial, really, that any of us got to see was the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Right. Yeah. Okay? And that was, that was quite the to-do. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were tr- honestly trying to railroad Kyle Rittenhouse. And uh, luckily, he had a great team of attorneys. Uh, and he had uh, a lot of video and uh, a lot of evidence and, and a lot of witnesses that spoke up for him. Uh, and, and he came out on what really is the right side of that trial. Now, you know, you... If you don't see the trial, then you're leaving it up to talking heads on television to tell you what happened today in court. True. And you're going to get the bias slant. But if you can watch it yourself, you can see for yourself what happened. Well, the excuse the Georgia um, AG used or prosecutor used was the fact that cameras inside the courtroom are considered central to transparency okay it's well and fine that they consider that transparency but how about when all the pre-trial stuff was going on how how come when the grand jury read their verdict i'm not saying when they deliberated but when they read their verdict why weren't they transparent then well, I'll do you. I'll they do you. And choose their transparency. I'll do you even better than that. Where was the transparency on election night, twenty twenty, in Fulton County, Georgia? Yeah. Why were that? Why were they kicking poll watchers out of the building? Yeah. Well, we have videos of it, but apparently, it didn't mean enough to the legal people in Georgia to give a damn about it. Right, because they didn't care. I mean, they didn't I, care. They were they were in on what I believe to be a scam. You know. Well, um, how about calling it what it was? They were in on the fix. Yeah, I mean that's that's my opinion, and so you know, but you know they're all they're all you know worried about transparency in the trial. They had no worries about not being transparent on election night. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> And, and that might get brought up at the trial, too. There will be so many objections and sustained, and you can't do this, you can't do that. I don't think this is going to be a TV drama, folks. I think it's going to be very legally boring, a lot of legalese. But I think what they're going to do is keep the camera cameras focused on Trump to see his body language, his facial expressions. Right. right. I think it, they're in it more for theater than they are for transparency. In, in that way, it's going to resemble the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I'm, just, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're going to have it on TV. Um, it, and you're right. There's going to be so much 
procedural stuff, um, especially in the early days as, they, as they're trying to even get the thing started. Uh, I, I expect it's going to be at least 50% procedural. And then mm-hmm. you've got all the evidence that's going to come in. And I guarantee you Trump's legal team is going to have mountains of evidence because this is their chance to put that election in that county on trial. You know, because they're going to they're gonna show this is why Trump thought the election was fixed and this is why he thought shenanigans were going on. So they're going to present a lot of documented evidence to that if, effect. If the judge allows it. Well, but the, you, the, you're right, but the trial is why was he insisting that the, the, the election was fixed? Well, if you're, if you're not going to allow him to present evidence for why he thought it was fixed, then you, you've left yourself as, as a prosecutor wide open to have any kangaroo court guilty verdict instantly overturned in uh, an appeal. See, but the pro- the problem is with this trial, they can bring in everything they want. They can be 100% correct. But the problem is when you have a trial in a Democrat county presided over by a Democrat judge, when you have the population of the county Democrat, you know he's going to be found guilty. Now, yes, it would probably be overturned on appeal. But the timing is what matters. The timing appeal is might everything. come till after an election. So between that day until after the election, Trump could be found guilty. Oh, here, look who's running a convicted felon. I mean, this thing, Craig, has oh, yeah. been carefully staged, orchestrated, oh, yeah. and timed. Now, I would call you cynical if you weren't completely right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what, right. <laughs> well, but that's what it comes down to. I mean, timing is everything, you right. know. Um, but if they did not televise it, nobody would see the kangaroos jumping in court. I think they're going to be, they're going to have dry runs for this. They're going to try to make it appear not to be a kangaroo court we know it is but they will try to make it not to appear so i mean i don't see this ending well for trump until an appeal right but the appeal's going to come too late well yeah and and it very well could and that's all part of the timing of the thing look you can do your best to make it not look like a kangaroo court but you know, even if you put lipstick on a kangaroo, it's still a roof. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mean, you know, um, so it's going to be interesting. And I guarantee you there's going to be a lot, a lot, and a lot of legal wrangling leading up to it. I mean, you know, because, you know, the, the Georgia case, you've got 18 co-defendants. Right. You know, and can you imagine... All the legal wrangling, because, you know, and let's just use Rudy Giuliani as an example here. Not that he's the only one, but let's just use him as an example. Rudy Giuliani is under indictment himself. Rudy Giuliani will be on the witness list for 
the Trump trial. Right. Now, you don't think there's going to be a truckload of legal wrangling going on trying to decide how can we have this guy as a witness in one trial when he's going to be on trial for the same thing? How about the fact that he used to be a federal prosecutor? He knows how to play them as well as they know how to play him. This trial is going to be theater. You know, you can get your popcorn ready, folks. But I just don't think it's going to end well. Trump's attorney should have insisted on a change of venue. Well, you can insist all you want, but it's up to the judge. Exactly. And the judge is a Democrat. So, you know, what do you think? But they should have at least tried, got it out there, you know, in the court of public opinion that, hey, you got all this great evidence. You can try it anywhere. They didn't do any of that. They just, okay, it's here. It's going to be a a clown show no matter which way you you know, which way it goes. You're right. Theater of the absurd coming to a television near you. Yeah. When is this trial supposed to be? Isn't it early next year? I think so. I think it's I think it's uh, scheduled for maybe the day before Super Tuesday. Yeah, that's I what think, I'm thinking it was. I, I, if it I wasn't think, Super Tuesday, it's another big one. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, and we're going we're gonna to be hearing a, a lot about it over the next several months as well. So we'll keep you all posted. Listen, we've gotten to the bottom of the hour. That means we have to take that bottom of the hour break. But there's still one segment left to go tonight, and we've got more stuff to talk about. So stay with us. Mm-hmm. There's more on Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sorry. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog you will find not only my articles but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers plus what I call Almost Daily Memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com.
Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night. We're getting you through it. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow morning. Hit that podcast button, and this show and all the rest will be sitting there waiting for you. Yes, it will be. Sometime between 7 and 8. Eastern. Eastern, yes. All right, so, Diane, the labor market numbers came out. Um, (laughs) Jobs numbers, if you will. And uh, probably not what Biden was hoping for. It's a very strange set of numbers because originally they were predicting, uh, Bloomberg was predicting about 168,000 new jobs being added in August. Instead, 187,000 jobs were added, 20,000 more jobs. However, the unemployment rate, even with those jobs added, rose yeah. to 3.8%, which is the highest since February of 2022. Now, the Democrats are trying to spin it and say that's because of a surge in the American labor force. Well, if you have a surge in the labor force, how is unemployment going up? I, I know, it doesn't really make sense, right? It's like double talk. You know, and and Biden waddled out to the Rose Garden today. Uh, to to crow about it, and mm-hmm. he said it was, uh, you know, even though the unemployment rate jumped to three point eight percent, he said it's fine because he's keeping it below fourteen percent. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, fourteen percent. We'd be in bad, bad yeah. shape. Um, and and then get this. He also said in his little Rose Garden uh, mumbling, stumbling uh, comments that the U.S. has the lowest inflation rate among major economies. Okay? Now, that's a claim he keeps making and keeps making, and every time he makes it, he's wrong. Okay? Um, Lower... Uh, inflation rates are seen in Denmark, Greece, Portugal, South Korea, mm-hmm. Spain, and Switzerland. But according to Biden, we've got the lowest inflation rate. Well, according to Biden, he doesn't even know what day it is. <laughs> That's but true. The other, <laughs> but the other thing that really gets me about this is that the June and July numbers were actually revised down by 110,000. And then suddenly, if they're revised down, suddenly we've added 400,000 more, but the claims are going up, and now they're saying, oh, we're doing so much better than the 22 million jobs lost in the pandemic. Well, if we lost 22 million jobs and we've only come back by a few hundred thousand jobs, how are we doing better? Yeah, well, we're really not. You know, I mean, that's not. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And I've got a theory as to to what's going to happen in the next couple of months. Would you like to hear my theory? Sure. Well, you know, every year. In the next couple of months, 
uh, you know, throughout September, basically in October and November, we see a hiring blitz because of the holidays and you know, companies. Well, that's temporary, yeah, it, temporary employment during the holiday season. Yes, but it's something that Biden will crow about. See, see how many jobs we created. No, you didn't As create those. As the unemployment those, rate goes up and up and up. Yeah, you didn't create those jobs. You moron, Santa created those jobs. And how yeah. about that? Some people are so bad off that they're holding down two and three jobs. Right, and that's that's the other thing that you know the the numbers won't tell you, and certainly Biden's not going to tell you how many of these jobs that he's creating are part time jobs. Right. You know, I mean, like you say, people are working a couple of jobs, two, three jobs. Almost two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That doesn't tell me the economy's going well. Right. Right. And then there's something else that's going to affect the numbers downward, whether Biden likes it or not, because they project about 10,000 baby boomers a day as they start reaching retirement age, they're going to leave their jobs. Yeah, they're going to pull the so plug and get out of it. They're going to get out. You're going to have more people un- unemployed. Plus, you're, you, okay, some of those jobs will be filled, of course. But the numbers don't go one for one. You know, it's not one leaves, one comes in. It doesn't happen that way. No, no, it really doesn't, you know. Uh, he's he's out there in the Rose Garden today, and, and reporters were shouting questions at him. You know, somebody said, why are 61% of adults living paycheck to paycheck? Biden turned around and shuffled away. Right. Oh, absolutely. Turned his back on, on the reporters and turned his back on the American people, and off he went. Well, here's something. It's If it wasn't so apropos, it would almost be funny. In August, um, health care led the jobs gain with 71,000 jobs added. Now, those 71 jobs added, are they getting ready for the, you know, election COVID return that's already starting? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many of these jobs are really legitimate, if you will? Well, and how many are going to get shut down in blue states and blue cities as we get, you know, uh, into the the fake COVID season here coming up with the election next spring? I mean, how many people are going to be told, hey, you know, you're, you're going to get laid off again because of the rampaging COVIDs? Well, all I know is I will not comply. They're, good. They're already starting to push the new boosters and jabs that are coming out. They're, you know, pushing that big time already. And uh, people, don't listen. Please don't listen. You know, uh, it, it's very odd that certain diseases seem to always come back around election time yeah every couple of years there's a resurgence yeah this this time it's covid it used to be the flu then it was something else but everything seems to spike around the time of a presidential election and this is going to be no exception to that rule exactly you know it's going to be interesting to see how these numbers 
uh, fair and how the response from the White House is. But I guarantee you when, you know, a bunch of part-time people are hired uh, as Christmas help, Biden's going to claim he created those jobs. But here's something else to look forward to when that happens. What about all these big blue cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, where major retailers are leaving? Nordstrom announced the other day they're closing down in San Francisco after that, um, uh, what do they call those mobs? Flash mobs. Flash mobs. Went in and cleaned out and sprayed the um, security guards with bear spray, whatever that is. I I don't know what it is, but they call it bear spray. This is sick. You know, um, this sounds funny in a way. But my husband came up with a great idea how to stop this. Really? Yes, of all people. (laughs) He said, okay, the looters are coming into the stores, right? Yes. Okay. Soon as you see them coming in, you have giant metal doors that shut across the main entrances. Most stores have one or two main entrances. So basically what you're doing is you're trapping all the looters in the store they can't get out then the people the security guards that are there with their walkie-talkies they can call the police the looters can't get out they're trapped the police come and they can take them you know and deal with them well (laughs) i've got i've got two i've got two points of contention uh with your spousal units plan Okay. Number one, not only are you trapping the looters, you're trapping the employees with the looters. Uh, No, no, no. He had a caveat with that. When they shut the doors, there is safe areas for the the security people. Okay. Here's my here's my other issue. Okay. You're going to call the police, and what's going to happen? Are the police really going to care in these cities? Every time they arrest somebody, that person's out on the street before the cops are done with the paperwork. That's the problem. But I think the time has come in this country that usually in the old days it was called vigilante justice. However, if you see flash mobs, these people are dangerous. They're armed. What is wrong with pretending, I mean, protecting what's rightfully yours? Maybe it's time that we do start taking some actions on our own. I'm not proposing violence, guys, but in certain instances, maybe the stand your ground law should be expanded a little bit. I fully agree with you, you know. Um, And, you know... There's going to come a time when even the most basic mom-and-pop shop owner, all the way up to a Nordstrom's, they're going to have had enough of this stuff, and they're going to start taking action because they can't count on police in these blue cities because the police are handcuffed themselves. It's not the police's fault. They want to do their jobs, but they're not allowed to do their jobs. It's almost like, remember when Obama's idea of our military was to change the hearts and minds of the enemy? 
Right. Well, now in these liberal cities, the police need to change the hearts and minds of the looters. But you can't do that. You can't do it. It doesn't you know, work that way. When these big blue cities make it known to the criminal element in their city that you can go into a store, any store you want, and as long as you don't take over $1,000 worth of stuff, we're not going to charge you. Well, when they cleaned out that Nordstrom, they cleaned out millions of dollars worth of merchandise, and they all got away right. with it. And right. that that really gets, gets me <laughs> mad. You have security guards in the stores, but they're not armed. You know, it's they go up to somebody, do it, don't do that. You know, uh, there comes a time when the stand your guard or the castle law, they call it in some areas, needs to be implemented. I 100% agree. You know, I mean, and and push is going to come to shove. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it just is. Uh, but, you know, when... When all these stores are closing in blue cities and blue states, and people are fleeing blue cities and blue states, what's that going to do to what the liberals are hoping is going to be a giant uptick in numbers leading into the holidays? They're going to come out of it with losses instead of gains. You're going to see more and more big box stores closing because of these people. And uh, what has to happen is you have to start charging and removing these DAs and these people at the government end as well. Governor DeSantis started it here in Florida. He fired the... the, Two of them. Yeah. He uh, AGs or DAs in Florida. You got to start doing that across the country. Democrats will never do that. A Democrat administration, whether it's governor or president, will never will never do it. But it's time maybe, you know, our side take start taking matters into their own hands legally, do it all legally. But it's time to start doing it. You know, and if you're a liberal in one of these blue cities and one of these blue states, if you vote Democrat religiously, okay, you know, I mean, you're you're free to do what you want, but you got to look at the situation in your particular city. How safe do you feel? How good do you feel about major stores closing in your city? Walk down uh, the the downtown area of San Francisco today. How do you feel about seeing all these strung-out drug addicts up and down the sidewalk, homeless people up and down the sidewalk, mentally ill zombies? They all don't over care, the Craig, well, because but, but, they're politically correct and they think of themselves, we're so great, look how accepting we are. They right. don't care. Right, but eventually they're going to care. They care when it spills over into their building, when they're shopping and they get ransacked or run down, hurt or killed. It's already happened and they don't care. All I'm saying is all this virtue signaling eventually is going to come to a head. And, uh, you know, if if you want your city safe, uh, if you want kids safe in your city, if you want old people safe in your city... If you want to be safe in your city, maybe you better look into the backgrounds of the people you're electing. 
I that they will go straight party line no matter what. There's some people that are so blind followers. They do exactly what they were told. And in the Democrats case, they still worship at the altar of Obama. They I'm will do saying. they don't care. I'm they just don't saying. care. Maybe maybe the uh, the entire police force in San Francisco needs to do what that police force in Minnesota did a couple of weeks ago and say, we quit, walk off. I was just thinking that, yeah. You know, uh, because all these virtue-signaling idiots, you know, oh, no, we got to be soft on crime. Oh, no, we can't offend the criminals. You know, when, when it happens to them, they want to call the police right now. Right. Okay. So, you know, it's one of those things. Finally, tonight on the show, let's talk about fake names. Oh, okay. I have one person. Yes, I have one person in mind who apparently has been using three fake names, and that's Joe Biden. Yeah, one of them was Robin Ware. (laughs) What kind of? It doesn't even make any sense. Uh, you know, um, Robert L. Peters. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. now, you know, I don't even understand it when somebody in that position uses a fake name once or twice. But sure. we now know, because it's all documented, and it was all on Hunter's laptop, we now know that Biden used pseudonyms over 5,400 times while he was the vice president. Yeah, I think um, he had five pseudonyms that he used interchangeably, depending on who he was talking to and what he was talking to them about. Right. Now, I've asked the question before. I'll ask the question again. If you don't have anything to hide, why are you be hiding behind fake names? Well, because you do have something to hide. Apparently so. Now, we also yeah. know that Biden was using these fake names not just on chit-chat conversations with Hunter and Hunter's business partners. We also now know, via documentation, that he was using fake names on official government business communications. Yeah. What the hell is going on there? Well, what he was using was during his vice presidency, he was actually discussing government matters with Hunter the drug addict with most times this Robin Ware pseudonym, but there were others as well. So he's using fake names talking about we don't know that it's classified information, but talking about official government information right. and official government programs and policies with the smartest guy he knows, his drug-addicted, hooker-addicted son. Yeah. It's... Uh, Trump, they make a big deal, you know, Trump talked about a classified document on a golf course. And look what happens to him. Here it is. We have proof positive 
of what was being emailed back and forth with, from the vice president to a private citizen. And, and nothing was done. People knew about this before now. This is yeah. not anything that they didn't know. What it was was things they kept quiet. Well, and, and you know, they kept seeing these different names, you know, and and this goes back a couple of years when, you know, the laptop was first discovered and, and, and we all knew it was the real thing. It wasn't Russian disinformation. And they kept seeing these different names and they kept trying to put it together and all of a sudden they figured it out. Holy crap, this is Biden. This is Biden using these fake names. And he's doing it on official government documents. If you're not trying to hide something, why are you hiding behind fake names? Yeah, there was one specific group of um, documents, and and what these documents basically are, they're email, you know, reminiscent of Hillary. One particular um, grouping, there were 5,138 email messages, 25 electronic files, 200 pages of potentially responsive records that had to be processed in order to respond to a request made to Biden and it was all done under a pseudonym now you said people knew about this do you know Mm -hmm. one of the groups that knew about this even when it was going on and said nothing I believe wasn't it the presidential archive the National National Archives they, they, yeah. they're the ones that, you know, when investigators went and said to the archives, they said, well, who is this and who is this and who is that guy and the other guy? And we don't recognize these names. They said, well, those are all Joe Biden. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's the, you know, I'm surprised Hunter didn't have the brains enough uh, he was probably too doped up, but um, why didn't he bleach bit his stuff like Hillary? Didn't he have a role model to go by? Well, you know, bleach bitting it would have been cleaning up a mess. And that really yeah. wasn't Hunter's deal. Hunter's deal was creating the mess. Creating the mess. I mean, but, this, you know, this is the guy Joe that was... should have known from his buddy Hillary, you do this stuff, you delete it right away. Yeah, but I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta look at where Hunter was in his life at the time, right? Here's a guy yeah. who was snorting crack out of a prostitute's crack. Oh, gross. Yeah, but I mean, that was Hunter Biden, you know? I mean, this is a guy that took his laptop and left it at the repair shop and never went back to get it. Yeah, he forgot all about it. You know, I mean, don't you suppose at some point if he would have even sobered up a little bit, he would have thought, didn't I used to have a laptop around here somewhere? No, <laughs> yeah, he no. probably forgot about it completely. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, you know, and. You know, or maybe, maybe he thought, yeah, I sold that to get drugs. I mean, 
I, you know, who knows? But the the fact remains, Joe Biden was using up to five fake names, right. uh, not only for correspondence but for official government business. Right. And, you know, everybody knew it. Nobody said a word. Why? Nothing. Because they're hiding something. Of course. Of course, everything is a big secret. It, it, they, they can't do things the simple way. Everything has to be complicated. We got to cover this. We got to cover that. There's no truth in anything this group of people do. And I keep saying, and some are starting to to jump on the bandwagon, they're focusing on Biden and Hunter. They need to start focusing on Obama. Right. right. Because There's... he, I'm sorry, in my opinion, is behind everything. No doubt. No doubt. And next week in my commentary, I even, I, I go further than eluding to that. Because there's some stuff about this whole fake name business and all this stuff going on that it, it just points the finger right at Obama. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been saying it since day one that it, yeah. Obama's behind all of it. Yeah. You, you know, so... I mean, you know, we're, we're, there's going to be more and more and more that comes out on this. Now, I can understand certain people in the government having code names. You know, a president always had a, had a code name. You know, Reagan was the eagle. Yeah, but you know what? To me, you go by your own name to not use your own name is kind of you're hiding and and here's the thing see you're right and and here's the thing when code names are given they are usually given by the secret service so they can communicate by radio and they don't have to mention a person's name it's not that the person it's not that reagan called himself the eagle it's that the Secret Service referred to him that way. Right. You know? Now, you know, along those lines, right, um, you've got uh, Merrick Garland, uh, whose code name, I believe, is Grumpy. Uh, you've <laughs> got Tony Fauci, that's Doc. And you got Joe Biden, and that's Dopey. Joe Biden should be a different uh, name. <laughs> Dopey is on the stage. Somebody Clueless. please help him off. <laughs> no, I'd name him Clueless. Oh, I mean, it's crazy, but all this stuff just keeps coming out, and it just keeps adding to the mountains of evidence against Joe Biden. True. You know, it so does. it's very interesting. Well, listen, Diane, with that, you and I have pretty much run out of time. Yeah, so with that, we'll say nighty-night, and we'll be back on Tuesday. And have yep. a great uh, Labor Day weekend, folks. Make it a long weekend. Make it a fun weekend. Make it a safe weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye.